I'm back. I've got to excite the toughs. Come on, it's Christmas, the North Pole. Who are you gonna call? What seems to be the problem? The Discussing Network presents Discussing Who, a Doctor Who podcast. I'm Kyle Jones, and I want to start this episode by welcoming back Lee Shackelford. Mr. Shackelford, how are you? Pretty good, pretty good. Just glad to be here talking with you guys about this episode that I'll tell you up front I don't like. Mm. Well, aren't you in the holiday spirit in 2014? <laughs> bah! Humbug! Mm-hmm. Bah humbug indeed, but not bah, bah, blah, but not bah humbug to say. Once again, welcome back, Clarence Brown. Mr. Brown, how are you? I'm doing well, having recovered from a bout of COVID last week, so I'm fine. And um, yeah, I guess I'm ready to review this episode with you guys. Good deal. Well, bah humbug again, and why bah humbug again? We were going to be joined by none other than Nicole from the Terminus podcast, but scheduling and computers probably made her go into last Christmas, next Christmas, all around Christmas, but we're going to have her back soon and can't wait. But gentlemen, I have some news, and the first news is there is an announcement for the first Dr. Box set. I think this is for season two or the 1965 season of Dr. Who. And it shows a brief little snippet, I will call it, for Vicky, who was played by Maureen O'Brien. And she played Vicky from The Rescue to the Myth Makers in 1965. Curious, have either of you seen this little snippet? I did see the sizzle reel that they put together for the box set. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what was going on or the <laughs> actor or character, but it seemed fun. <laughs> yeah, same. I, I had, you know, it was, it was I guess I, I was watching the, the little clips going, oh, yeah, that was the uh, thing. And that's um, the, that person. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but 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 to make myself, you know, to be clear of what I was meaning, did you guys see where she is in character? talking okay good 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 Mm -hmm. i just thought that that was really cool and i like how they're you know bringing back these old companions and giving fans something we've seen bonnie lankford do it i believe we've seen nicola bryant do it and Mm -hmm. now we've seen this i think that's really cool Mm -hmm. yeah it'd be interesting if they went a little bit further with that i would like to see these characters in a modern story you know it's good that we get anything uh to be honest but if they get you know Give us a modern story with them. I think that'd be cool, too. Well, your wish has been granted. Interesting, yeah. sir. Because we're very about to, we're, interesting. We're about to have Sophie Aldred and uh, 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 Tegan. Ivanka. Uh, 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 <laughs> Thank uh, you. Uh, uh, <laughs> Janet Fielding. <laughs> I was blanking on the actors. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. We're about to have uh, Ace yes. and Tegan. Hooray. And and oh yeah keep, keep going um, keep going keep going with that thought and i'll fill in the blanks well, maybe we, we do know that uh bernard cribbins uh did record his scenes for this uh, special um so we know that wolf is going to be a character in the uh the story with the uh, david Tennant and Catherine tate oh man it's going to be sad yeah yeah it's always hard to mm. watch these people when you know they're 
in real life, they're actually gone. So let's talk Centennial, because I do want to mention the episode that you guys just brought up with Bernard Cribbins, but I have seen articles left, right, and center over the last week as of this recording in regards to the centenary or the centenary special, not centenary, centenary Mm. special to pay tribute to past doctors. And allegedly, Jody will be wearing at some point a vegetable. (laughs) She will be wearing a scarf of particular length and as well as a vest. And that, of course, will be the scarf from the fourth doctor, the vegetable, the celery from five, and then from seven, the Doctor Who sweater with all the, you know, question question marks. Could we possibly be seeing, considering old companions, you've mentioned Ace and Tegan, would it be out of idea, quote unquote, for there to be more companions that we don't know about yet? Maybe. Uh, Sure. Hmm. It makes me wonder, Kyle, didn't you, before we got the the shooty announcement, didn't you have a theory of a degeneration going on? Indeed, I do, sir. And speaking of the degeneration, question to you guys. Do you think the scenes from David Tennant that we've seen with Bernard Cribbins and David Tennant and Catherine Tate, do you guys think that this is set in the 60th anniversary special? Well, I assume so. Well, we've seen behind the scenes photos oh yeah that oh yeah i'm sorry the pictures that that we've seen not the scenes that we've seen Mm. here's why i asked that question and the reason i asked that question is and i may have said this speculation before i'm of the mind that we will not have a singular 60th anniversary special in 2023 i think we're going to have either a christmas episode that leads into the chris uh, you know another episode that then leads into a big 60 i think we're going to get more than one and the reason i think that is we've seen evidence we've seen behind the scenes we've seen all of this stuff of david tennant Catherine tate bernard cribbins etc filming Shuti Gatwa is not going to begin filming, I've read, until November of this year. I just wonder if there could be more than one special. Interesting. If so, they're certainly keeping it under wraps. And if that is true, Clarence, kind of piggybacking off of what you said, the question then becomes, do we see a degeneration instead of a regeneration or... Could we possibly see a regenerated face using the 10th Doctor's face on a new incarnation of the Doctor? What do you guys think? I, I can't imagine them ever just backing up. I, that just doesn't make any sense to me. So I would hope not. So would you be happy with David Tennant's face on a new incarnation? No. No. <laughs> no. Um, the, the, the only way I would like to see a degeneration, if it's just some epic montage type thing that causes the doctor to reverse and we see all the doctors that are currently alive mm. and, and then it comes back up or something, you know, something like that yeah. just for right. fan appeal. Yeah. Uh, but I wouldn't want to see a true, uh, degeneration and, and keep that going forward. I wouldn't want to see that. 
I guess I should say spoilers if you haven't seen any of the images that are of Catherine Tate and David Tennant filming. So maybe fast forward five or so minutes into the future of this podcast. But having said that, the jacket or the coat that the David Tennant character doctor is wearing is a blue coat that we've never seen before. And he spoke recently at a Q&A section at a convention in Boston, the Boston Fan Expo, and they were talking about him not using his Scottish accent, using an English accent. But then, of course, here comes Peter Capaldi using his Scottish accent, etc. And then, of course, you know, Jodie Whittaker using her own accent. And when commenting about it, he says, and I quote, I'm going to give stuff away there. Let's move on. Now, people may have ran with this comment, but if he's speaking with a Scottish accent, does that maybe give a little bit of credence to this being a new incarnation? Maybe. What if he's in the story, not as the doctor, but as David Tennant? <laughs> wow we because i say that because we know that doctor who exists inside the doctor who universe right we were just talking about this in the forest of the night right the bus has got a big ad for you know watch doctor who on, <laughs> on the side of it so yeah mm. and we know from the novelization of the day of the doctor right. that the doctor who 1965 movies or in 66 or whenever right. with peter cushing are the result of the doctor that's right and and it explains why bernard cribbins is in both of them <laughs> maybe kind of i don't know anyway oh you're breaking my brain be with fun that if they one. could they could flip-flop that somehow i don't know oh well, they could they could retroactively establish it as a face that he's seen. Well, that's right. Some somehow. That's right. Yeah, because we know he, that happens. The doctor was watching Broad Church and and, <laughs> and really liked that face. Right there, you go. Doubly liked that face yeah. because he's used it twice. Well, all jokes aside, we'll move on there. But all jokes aside, I do want to mention one other thing before we get into our review which is Pensacon 2023. Lee, you brought this up when we stopped recording last week, but I have since looked up Pensacon 2023, which is February 24th through the 26th, mm -hmm. 2023. It will have Peter Davison, Colin Baker, Sylvester McCoy, Paul McGann, and Christopher Eccleston, also known as 5, 6, 7, 8, and 9. Wow. Ooh. Wow. It also has Janet Fielding, Nicola Bryant, Sophie Aldred, and Daphne Ashbrook, also known as Tegan, Perry, Ace, and Grace. Yep, that's right. Just saying. Amazing Grace. Yeah, uh, yeah, quite, quite a lineup. Indeed. And that's, that's, well, who, that's just guests, and of course there'll be lots of other things going on, including possibly us. Yes, we may materialize our own little TARDISes down there. Who knows? What I do know is we're not here to talk about news and speculation of the future. We're going into the past, 2014 past, to be specific. Christmas 2014. So, for everyone listening, if you have not seen Last Christmas, 
Put us on pause. Go out. Watch the episode. Come back. Because from this moment forward, spoilers. Spoilers. Affirmative. Spoilers. Spoilers? What spoilers? And I killed Sparky, too. Alrighty, the spoiler warning has gone out, and we are back to review Last Christmas. This was the 2014 series of, or excuse me, Last Christmas was the 2014 Doctor Who Christmas special, first airing on the 25th of December, 2014. It starred Peter Capaldi as the 12th Doctor, Jenna Coleman as Clara Oswald, and Samuel Anderson as Danny Pink. Summary view. Clarence, I'll start with you. Summary view. What say ye? Oh, man. Um, for this one, although I think it's a good fanciful, I don't know if I'm saying that right, <laughs> fantasy episode, I, I feel like it kind of strays too far in that direction. So if you're looking at looking at it as being um, a good, a decent story that is very whimsical, it hits that mark. But if you're looking for, I don't know, <laughs> a more hardcore Doctor Who or sci-fi, it it does not do that at all, I don't think. So, um, yeah, as a Christmas episode, it very much goes in the fantasy direction. I feel like Peter Capaldi's Doctor has a mission to disprove everything <laughs> or, or skirt the line with what's, you know, uh, of what's real and what's made up or things we believe in 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 our history or stories or lore or you know santa claus in this case so yeah i feel like it was a good fantasy episode but but yeah it wasn't my favorite Lee shackleford i'm quite curious especially from what you said at the very beginning but quite curious what do you say i don't like it it's gross <laughs> There. Anything else? <laughs> nope. It's gross and I don't like it. Wow, okay. Are we getting another Batman v Superman right here? <laughs> mm. Well, I, Now I, that was, there, I absolutely hate yes, this movie. Yeah. <laughs> but I, it's not as bad as Dawn of Boredom, but it's, uh, I don't know. I think there's some really good ideas in it, but it's, it's just, I, I, I do remember watching this at Christmas and saying, that's your Christmas special. <laughs> what is the matter with you <laughs> i just i don't know i you know just, just you know just not my cup of tea that's all mm. yeah that's that's me i like how you said that yeah. that's a positive way to put it yeah. that's not my cup of tea that's more like kudfi or something like that you know like kudzu coffee i don't know <laughs> but it, it's just not just does not have a good taste to it yeah. unless that's all you have. If it's all you have, go for it. There but you go. yeah, it just wasn't for me. Sci-fi elements, check. Fantasy, check. Over-the-top fantasy, check. Gross, check. <laughs> Over-the-top fantasy, that that's the one I'm uh, that, you know, kind of throws me off, but yeah. <laughs> so, so let's talk about the over-the-top fantasy that literally starts at the top the top being the roof of a building clara's building and we meet santa claus we've already met santa claus in the mid credits of the last scene of um you know the last episode that we reviewed death in heaven 
But we see Santa Claus again. Full Santa Claus. Thoughts. Go for it, Lee. Well, I I think a lot of us have joked, you know, that there's only one possible way that Santa could go all those places in a single night and have a bag full of toys for everybody. He Clearly, he's a time lord. He's mm-hmm. His sleigh moves in and out of uh, uh, time in a way that is different from us. And the bag is bigger on the inside, you know, um, yep. QED. So I figured that's where we're going, is that if we're going to say there really is a Santa Claus then he's a time Lord. So one of the things I liked about this script was that when we get into their dream world and they start questioning it, they say, yeah, you're right. This guy in the sleigh driven by reindeer, you know, and with the elves, that's ridiculous. And this guy over here who says he travels everywhere inside this police box. I mean, it's all the doctor saying, no, no, wait, wait, that part's true. They're going, Oh yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So you have to sweep it all away uh, at once. And I, I, I like that. I like that recognition that, you know, the Santa story is no more ridiculous than what we're, you know, gathered here to talk about. So, um, but, and I've written things like this myself. So I understand the temptation that once you've said, okay, apparently Santa's real. And then we flip it and say, oh no, that was in a dream. Oh no, he's back. Okay. We're in a different reality now. And now we're finding out that Santa really is real. Okay. No, we're still in the dream. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And then the last shot of the episode is, um, uh, Clara's Ivy and there's a tangerine in the window. So, which could mean nothing, or it could mean that she was visited by Santa who is real. And, and I understand that temptation to say, we really want to end on a question mark, but it's, it's just cheap. It's it's just easy. Is it to say that Santa is really real or we're still in a dream? <laughs> right. <laughs> <See> that? Right. <laughs> that's yeah. And that, that's really upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the, it's the inception thing all over again. Right, That's right. basically what this, this episode is. Yes. Where I, is it the spinning top at the end of inception? I can't remember. Um, but yeah, it's, it's part inception part. Um, was it Star Trek generations? We're in the nexus. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just, and, and, I, and to answer, I guess Kyle's question while I'm buttoning in here, um, the Santa stuff, you know, it goes back to what I was saying before with a lot of the Capaldi episodes. It seems like we're testing what we know from lore and fantasy and seeing if it's real or, or fake. I, I think of a Robin Hood episode as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's probably some more in there. Yep. I like the, that on the face of it, but to me, it was almost too much back and forth. And it goes to everything Lee just said of how we're still left with the question at the end of the episode. Um, I thought they may try to explain santa off in some alien capacity or something by the end but but yes i don't know what to think (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's right in the end we just don't know what to think and 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 clara has already said that she's content because she knows there's a santa claus but she means the doctor Mm, yeah Mm. you know we've in classic who there have been references i think it was in one of the seventh doctor stories where there is reference to Merlin actually having been the doctor or allegedly having been the doctor. Mm -hmm. I would have either personally preferred they gone with the idea that the doctor was really Santa Claus for something that a previous incarnation had done Mm -hmm. or go with what you said, Lee, have it actually be, a Time Lord whose TARDIS is the sleigh, etc., and so forth. 
I, I just like that. But it didn't fit within the context of the story of being all dream and all made up. That said, Clarence, what did you think of the crabs, the dream crabs? Oh, man, that seems... It actually, it reminded me a lot of the... Was it the Daleks on the back in a recent Chibnall episode? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It it slightly reminded me of that. Uh, Spoilers for the future, by the way. Um, Yeah, it was fine. It was fine. I don't know much more to say. Um, You know, I I liked how they kept challenging the notion um, whether they're still dreaming or not. and, And the doctor insisting, you know, you can still feel it. I think that you know, was a good element for the story to keep us guessing. Um, the look of them were fine. Um, not sure much, <laughs> there's much more to say than that, but, but they were, they were okay. Lee, what do you think? Well, I hate them and, uh, they're, they're, they're <laughs> awful and they don't belong on Christmas. So, <laughs> and it's one of those things where, you know, they're rubber. And, uh, when the camera comes in close on them, they're, they're rubber. And so it's like, if you've got to distance yourself from how awful the thing is in the world of the story, then you step back and you go, you know, that's not even a very convincing effect. So I can, I can hate them for two reasons <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> it's just, I, I don't know if we needed the, uh, the alien reference as in the horror movie alien, which gets name checked in the episode. One of the things, bits of dialogue that I liked. Uh, I guess I, I'm still hung up on this thing for Christmas I am in total agreement with you. I think the space crabs, the memory crabs, or whatever they're called, I think they fell victim to the curse of Christmas because I think they would have been much more memorable, much more well-received if you did not have the fantasy element because they are true horror. You do not need Santa Claus and all the thing that Santa Claus entails paired with dream crabs that are basically burying into your brain. I acknowledge that Doctor Who is a is a monster movie of the week and, and always has been, you know? So I, I, I know that's going to happen. You're going to have something scary or upsetting or spooky, but I don't know. There's just this sort of gorge-raising <laughs> kind of awfulness about this. And it just seems gratuitous. I, I just, I don't, you know, in, in our, you know, in, in, in the Russell T. Davis days, we get to kill a Christmas tree, which is frightening to the characters, but we think it's funny, you know, sad as a robot. I know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you get moments like that, but you don't get this kind of vomitous, <laughs> I don't know, Stephen, what are you thinking? isn't there another episode with this kind of dream world is it the not the mixel picks it was, was the the other doctor was the name of the episode you know what i'm talking about i do feel like we've covered this ground before but i can't think what it is it, it was the amy episode i think amy was oh, pregnant in there oh yeah the dream lord yeah yes, yeah that's right yeah very similar yeah amy's choice that's right yep yep hmm very, very similar. But again, it wasn't Christmas and, and the, the idea worked. And and Lee, I agree with you because I actually wrote down while you guys were talking Christmas trees. Mm-hmm. Those were not as far as being scary to the audience, scary at all. 
but they did create something that was Christmassy for the audience right. that was, like you said, scary to the characters. Right. And I think that's why the, 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 the gratuitous Christmas trees worked for me personally. So this is a basic base under siege story for all intents and purposes. But let's talk about the characters themselves, the characters that we meet. Clarence, any standout characters for you? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, Danny is a, a dream. Uh, Chris Santa Claus. <laughs> I don't know. That's not a character. I know. I know. But but. Uh... I don't know. None of them really just jumped out at me as being significant. I don't know. What, what did you guys think? Help me out here. I, I, I really quite liked Shona, um, who <laughs> who we last see waking up in her kind of a cluttered apartment and, uh, you know, goes back to working on her, her Christmas list, which includes forgiving somebody. We don't know what that's about, but she, she makes a big mark by it, you know. She's the one who, uh, at the beginning, is uh, being led into the room by camera and she's trying to do it with her eyes closed. And, uh, it, that's just a funny byplay. I just, I just thought the, the, the actor was really compelling and, and, uh, she got to do interesting things. Yeah. She's, she's the, the, you know, the last one on the sleigh saying, look, if I tell you my, my number, then you'll remember it. Right. And then, <laughs> yeah, she oh. just wants to stay connected. The doctor says, you're not going to remember any of this. <laughs> I'm sorry. Huh? Well, mm, when, Go ahead, Cal. I'm sorry. No, no, I'll, no, no. I'll I'll, I, no, 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 no. I want to know what you think because there is a specific and particular reason I asked this question. So I want to know your thoughts before I say why. Well, well, you go ahead because I think I'm pivoting in a totally different direction that I, I come back to later. Okay. Okay. So for the reason I asked that question was, and I he remember hearing this when this first aired, and I saw it again in my research for this episode. This character of Shauna was supposedly evidently going to be Clara's replacement had mm. Jenna Coleman left at the end of the series mm. or Re at the really, end, you know, after this. Yeah. It feels once again, like she's being groomed, you know, but, but of course we were faked that way with the uh, Oswin and the, you know, things like that. So, so it's interestingly that you responded well to her. And I know a lot of fans did respond well for her. However, for me, the actor and the way she was portrayed and the character itself, it was like, thank you, Jenna Coleman, for sticking around one more <laughs> season because she grated on my nerves for some reason. Wow. I really liked her. I know, and and I'm so sorry to be different in opinion there, but that's but right. We must all have the same opinion. We must all have the same opinion. <laughs> no, but I very nicely say to you that she irritated the <laughs> heck out of me. So well, that's fun. So Clarence, let's pivot before Lee and I break out in you know some type of happy fight here. <laughs> what what were you going to bring up? What was your topic? Well, I was going to talk about the whole concept of this recreation of the the dreams where we can, they can, these aliens can copy most things to the minute detail, but then when it comes to a book, um, there are difference, differences because they remember the book differently or because it's a dream, they can't re read the book the same way. Mm -hmm. I just feel like it was very convenient in some instances to say, 
they couldn't do this. Whereas we're in this perfect replication of, <laughs> of this base with bodies in it. You know, why, why do we have to do some of the things we did with this recreation to where me, it, it didn't really make a lot of sense when you think of the logic of, of how the dream worked. Huh. And maybe that's me nitpicking, but. Well, it, it would be a big, a big issue, but it, it, you know, it's funny. That's one of those things where as an audience member, when things don't immediately make sense, you know, I think it's natural for us to try to make them make sense. And when you just can't pull the threads together, that's when you say, well, that's just stupid. But in this case, I thought, oh, I see what's happening here. The creatures are connecting them all mentally, of course, mm -hmm. so that they can all be in the same dream at the same time. But that means that this reality that they're experiencing is being created by the collective moment by moment. Mm. And that's what the doctors realized was that I've got these books here that none of you have ever looked at. I think we can game the system. There's no way that all four of you will think of the same thing when you look at this page. So give me a random number. And, and of course, they come up with four different answers, and it proves his point. Hmm. So, so that's how I read that. And, and to me, that made a lot of sense. Maybe? What do you think, Al? I think it goes back to the, to the point of every... I agree with you and the too convenient. I, I like the point that Lee brought up, but I go back to saying horror and Christmas does not equal happy return. And I know I sound like a broken record, but seriously, uh, you know, I didn't like the one where the doctor, the witch and the wardrobe, I did not like that. Not because I thought that the story fell apart. If I remember correctly, it was more so that I just didn't like that type of story. It was not a story for me. Not that I felt that there was bad writing or bad storytelling. This, on the other hand, I just say monster and Santa Claus don't, don't mix. One or the other. <laughs> and this, this is the one I can actively remember when I watched it for the first time, just rolling my eyes when they were <laughs> on the sleigh at the yeah. end. <sighs> well, and, and if, if for no other reason that sleigh ride at the end, that, we're, we're, we're told that this is an emergency. We're told that we're trying to wake up before we die. But yeah, give me the reins. I'm going to do a loop-de-loop -loop over the over Big Ben. Yeah. Like, wait, hey, time in a place, Doctor. What, what, do we just forget about what's happening here? We're dying. <laughs> just, yeah. Like, okay, no, but it looks cool. to do the loop-de-loop. -loop. So, yeah, yeah. You're right. It looks cool, so let's do that. So, Clarence, I want to go back and let you comment on Danny for a moment. You you brought him up a minute ago, so I want to comment really quick. Do we think this cap off of Danny's story was needed, or do we think that it was overdone? I know what I think, but I'm curious. Well, again, to me, it was, it was a little bit too much... Um... Star Trek generations for me, but but yeah, I, I think that I think it was well, it was set up well in the last episode where we end with the Doctor and Clara both lying about their reality, lying about Danny coming back, mm -hmm. and lying about Gallifrey existing yeah. or being at the court as it used to be. So I feel like it was an excellent setup to get to the point where Clara and the Doctor can actually hash out this. This this lie that they've been telling each other. 
um, and and finally get to a point of truth. Danny being in there, I thought it was again fairy ish sweet. It was nice to see him back and actually by the end of it, act like his real self and make decisions. Some of the decisions I think his real self would make. So I, I think it was it was it was it was nice in this episode. Mm. Lee, yeah, I. It's funny, I. You know, one of the the axes that I have to grind with the with New Who is that we kill characters off and then we pop them back in again, and I just feel like it diminishes their their passing. But this time, maybe because I knew he wasn't real, um, and that this is the Danny that she wishes you know she could have. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really did like that. It it made sense. Yeah, and uh, and I like the fact that they were both made up. Uh, it's a makeup thing that, that might not have been really clear, uh, you know, on some people's TV screens, I guess. Uh, but um, they were both really made up, um, not not to the point where it just looked they look clownish, but it was it was beauty makeup. Mm. So she's dreaming herself even prettier than she really is. <laughs> That's possible. <laughs> and she's dreaming he's even prettier than he really is, you know, and uh, uh, just lovely, lovely idea. You know, I liked seeing him back because I, as a character arc, I know Danny's character was what Danny's character was. I've seen Samuel Anderson in other things, and I think he's an awesome actor. That said, I was happy to see him back, but in a sense, I was not happy to see him back. And only because I think watching it this time, Lee, I'm reminded of what I believe you're the one who says and what you've just commented on, which is the trope that Moffat uses of repeated returns, repeated yeah. returns. And this is really Moffat's first repeated return in, in my, my thought. So, yeah. But let's talk an exit for a second. Let's jump on up to Clara's exit. And we see Clara awaken from the dream crab and she has passed 60-some-odd years since seeing the Doctor. Lee, thoughts about that scene, Clara and the Doctor, before Santa walks in, not the final one, just the future scene that we see. It's one of the things I hate most about this episode. I just think it, that is uh, pointless, and it, it, it raises our uh, our attention. You know, we're all saying, Oh, so we're writing, this is, we're writing Clara out. He's going to see her when she's uh, a little old lady in uh, some of the least convincing old age makeup the show's ever done. And then, no, we didn't. That that didn't happen. Okay. Well, we went there. <laughs> I just, no. Would you no. have been happy had that not had the Santa at the end? If, if that would have been her exit. So let's assume that it's not a cop-out. It is actually the last appearance of Clara. Would that have made that better for you? In, in some ways, yeah. If that had really been um, that we're going to leave her there and know that she lived a long and happy life. Except for this... Um, uh, <laughs> Got awful makeup. Oh no, no, it, it's no, it's 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 the Bechdel syndrome that she, it, it, we we keep meeting or, or learning about companions, and after they parted from the doctor, they've just there's just never been another man in their life because <laughs> nobody else can compare. I'm just like really, 
I mean, un- I understand he's he's a, an alien time traveler, you know, who's whisked you all over the galaxy. I understand that, but um, she, she had a boyfriend while she was traveling with the Doctor. You, you're gonna tell me that she she stayed by herself for sixty years? I come on, come on, <laughs> I, come on. I, I want her and Sarah Jane to both, you know. Just I want to go to them and say. No man is worth this. Come on. <laughs> anyway, that's um everything Lee said. I'm glad it wasn't wasn't real. And um, yeah, I would have been disappointed if that was the end. Very disappointed. Well, it was originally the end, and it was Stephen Moffat and Peter Capaldi who convinced uh, Jenna Coleman to stay on for another complete series, which of course is series nine. And hence why she ultimately wakes up again from the crab and is her own self again. What I did like about that episode, now I agree, some of the worst makeup that we've ever seen. Comparable maybe, even though his was better, to Matt Smith's aged 11th Doctor, which I see where Moffat was going there's the Christmas crackers that the 11th Doctor could not, um, you know, tear apart and Clara helped, Ver, you know, reverse that Clara and the 12th Doctor helps open. I get that, all of that. That said, I am actually, you know, glad that she stayed around. So let's talk really, really quick about the scene at the very end where the Doctor says, hey, Come with me, you know, don't argue. Let's go anywhere, time and space, blah, blah, go. I loved it. That was my take. Lee, what do you think? Um, I'm sorry, I missed the question. What do you think about that final scene? Well, that very, the, you know, the very last one. Yeah, it's it's a happy ending, isn't it? Um, the, the phrase that's repeated throughout it is the title of the episode is Last Christmas. And... I don't think I understand the way it's being used in the story, but it's one of the last things said in the episode that she, she says, you know, this is last Christmas or something like that. Every Christmas is last Christmas. Um, do, do you mean last as in the previous Christmas? Cause I don't or understand that. Or you mean, this is our final Christmas. Yeah. Final is the better choice of word. There. Yeah. Yeah, because that, that was actually very sad to me. Um, Clarence, I, I interrupted you. What were you about to say? Well, no, no, just just what, what Lee said with the final. I think that it makes makes it make more sense to me as well because you know it, they make this statement earlier in the episode about every Christmas that you have with your loved ones could be the final or last Christmas you have with your your loved ones, and it's kind of. I'll repeat it there at the end and we come back to that. So I, I like that sentiment. Um, going on more adventures with the doctor. Yay. Um, <laughs> it's kind of what you would expect. And it is good to see them be able to uh, come, come to some or, or be close once again, after the tragic thing that happened in the last episode. Um, so it, it's good to see them, you know, get back together and, and can continue on in spite of that. Yeah, even though they were dreaming it, that that big hug uh, in the sleigh, you know, where she just hangs on to him for part of the ride, it felt like a lovely, lovely moment to me, and and really healing, as you say, after the terrible things that have happened. But 
I, I had to go back and look at the transcript because I was remembering wrong that, that, that one of the last things is said was Clara saying that every Christmas is last Christmas, which I, I still don't, <laughs> I still don't get it. But the, the last thing that's said in the episode is the doctor says, you know, what's rare second chances. I never get a second chance. So what happened this time? I don't even know who to thank. I, and I, I remember, you know, back in 2014, kind of my eyebrows going up saying, wow, like somebody who has lived 11 previous lives saying that he doesn't get a second chance. That seems kind of thankless, doesn't it? You've had lots yeah. of second chances. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've been killed multiple times. Come on. Yeah. But, I, but, 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 I know but, what he means, but, but. Okay, tell me what you think he means, because I think I know what he means. But, I think but he's I'm talking curious. about. Claire, that he, that, but how he and Clara have healed the rift in their relationship, and that that doesn't, you know, usually when he breaks up with a companion, that's it. So I, mm. I think that's what he's talking about. But it's still, it just comes off wrong. You go, what do you mean you don't get second chances? <laughs> Ooh, I'm going to take it so different. But okay. Clarence, I want you to interpret that his meaning for last. I mean, for second chances. What do you think? Uh, well, I mean, I think Lee pretty much spelled it out. The doctor regenerates. Um, <laughs> but as far as the second chance, and here specifically, uh, I think he's meaning with Clara. So I personally am going to take it in an opposite or a different, not an opposite, but a different direction. And I could argue that I already that I'm wrong because you could take the first doctor and you look at his progression across his tenure of how that incarnation of the doctor changed however since we started the series eight i've been looking for the moment where i think capaldi's doctor changes from where we see him in deep breath to where he starts to evolve and become the version of himself that we see in twice upon a time i don't know why but well, I think I do know why. But when I was watching that, when he said second chance, I saw that more so as an internal look into himself saying, I don't get second chances, meaning my regeneration usually is a personality that goes throughout that regeneration. Now I'm getting a second chance to do it over again, start over again, and make different choices, especially with a companion. I saw it as much himself that he was saying second chance as to Clara having a second chance. That's my two cents. Yeah. But two cents. Uh, oh, go ahead. Uh, and I wanted to, <clears throat> and, and to your point that he changes going forward, he takes one last stab, although it's to help Clara the situation, he takes one last stab at Danny Pink. <laughs> he calls him PE again. Oh, boy. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Probably flirting with your neighbor or texting women of low moral character. <laughs> like, Doc. <laughs> what is your deal? <laughs> so, question. Speaking of deals, what are your deals? What other options or thoughts or topics that you guys had that we haven't talked about i really don't think i have any okay what about you mr brown i have no further comment about this dreamy weemy episode <laughs> dreamy all right <laughs> so dreamy weemy 
So since you are not dreamy weemy about this episode, I want to know, Mr. Brown, what was your favorite quote? <clears throat> it's an invasion, Miss Oswald. An invasion of what? Elves? Whoa, that is racist. Elfish. Yeah, which is a bit hypocritical from someone of your height. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I did like the, the jokes throughout about uh, uh, people being sensitive to uh, to the other. That You know, it's <laughs> one of the first lines yeah. of the episode. Yeah. Hey, you can't call us elves, but you are elves. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, the, uh, the doctor learning that uh, there's a horror movie called Alien. He says, well, that seems very insensitive to <laughs> yeah all right lee favorite quote it's as so often happens it's a little bit of dialogue but uh like five lines but you know um claire has already shown her objection to being treated like his uh, assistant or secretary or whatever so but the doctor's caught up in thinking about the uh the, the 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 face hugger aliens and he says clara could you fetch me the dead one and she says, maybe I could fetch you a cup of tea while I'm at it. <laughs> the doctor, he ca- he catches it. You know, he says, oh, yes. And a punch in the face, too. And she says, my very next suggestion. Fair enough. Love that. Yeah. Good for you, doctor. So good. So good. <laughs> so for me, and I don't know why this just stood out to me, but it is a scene where it's almost toward, you know, at the very end, but it is when the doctor is running back into the people after they realized, hey, you're not woke up yet. And he walks back in and he says, are you the same people as before? (laughs) I deleted you. (laughs) I deleted you. Yeah, I really love that. All right, favorite scene. Clarence, favorite scene. Uh, Mine is going to be when they had the... Uh, come to truth moment uh, about Gallifrey and, and Danny. Uh, I thought that was a great scene for for those characters. Awesome. Awesome. Lee, what say ye? I really love the business of the, the four manuals and the doctor's inspiration that they can't all imagine or dream the same thing at the same moment. So he has them read randomly chosen words. I, I just thought that was a, a lovely idea. And then when they do it the second time, they are in sync. So now they say very, very, very dead. <laughs> so, <laughs> All right. So before I give my favorite scene, I want to mention something, two bits of some things that I forgot to mention earlier. The gentleman who played the professor on the, um, you know, the professor that was there in the, base under siege thing was actually patrick troughton's real life son mm-hmm. i wanted to mention that real quick also as his well, name is dr bellows which is which may be a deliberate reference to i dream of genie i don't know <laughs> but one of the characters in that show is dr bellows bellows and the uh the elves are ian and wolf which to me sounds like that's got to be a reference to the uh, the venerable actor ian wolf but um and, and speaking of elf I would say that that elf might be an elf that is worthy of the glory of the Santaran Empire because that was Dan Stark right. as, one, as one of the He's elves. one of them, yeah. And he, along with Jenna Coleman, I think have set precedent as being in three consecutive Christmas specials. 
he for two episodes being Strax, then an elf in this one, and she playing a variation and or Clara in you know these three Christmas specials. Yep. So, all right. So for my favorite scene, I think I'm going to have to go with even as bad as the prosthetic was was the one-two punch at the end because honestly guys that's the only thing of this episode that i have even watched more than twice this being the twice having watched it so that's going to be my favorite scene from this but final rating lee shackleford i want to start with you final rating Ooh, i forgot to think about this um, I really don't like this uh, story. <laughs> there are things in it that I really like, but um, I don't know. I'm going to give it um, two sad tangerines. I don't know. Sad tangerines. Well, you remember that uh, David Tennant's doctor calls him the sad satsuma <laughs> at the bottom of your stockings. I love it. Yeah, sad tangerines. <laughs> okay. Clarence Brown, what say ye? I will give this one three Danny Pink Santas out of five. Ooh, three Danny Pink Santas out of five. I'm going to give it three. No, wait, 2.5. Ah, okay. 2.5. Kyle can't come up with an object because it's getting <laughs> late out of five. Yeah. There you go. There you go. That's an object now. So there you go. All right. Well, gentlemen, as always, Happy holidays to you sometime <laughs> in your future or in your immediate past or whenever. And for everyone listening, let us know. Did you agree with us? Did you like it? If you did, let us know. Nicole, if you're listening and you really, really liked us, tell us how we're wrong. Tell us where we went wrong at. That being said, for everyone listening, thank you. And Lee, I forgot to do it, so I'm going to give you the opportunity if we have someone listening for the very first time or if they've been here from the beginning, what do you like to say? Well, just as you just said, uh, thank you. That you, you know, you got other things you could be doing and you chose to spend this time with us. So thank you very much. Awesome. And Clarence, if someone's listening and they want to subscribe, what should they do? Yes, you can do that by going to discussingwho.com or searching for us on any of the podcatchers out there. Just search Discussing Who, hit that subscribe button. We really appreciate it. And one last thing, if we did decide to stream our live recordings, if you're Mm -hmm. listening and you would like to listen to our live recordings streamed either on Facebook and or Twitter, what would you, I mean, not Twitter, uh, YouTube, what would you prefer? Would you be interested in that? Let us know and we might actually do that. Yeah. So, As always, guess what? We will be back next time. Play us out on the Christmas music. (laughs) You've been listening to the Discussing Network. Find out more at discussingnetwork.com. 